Welcome, everyone, to this episode of The Real Leaders Podcast. Before we begin, just want to ask you all to rate and review this show. Please take a quick break, go down, scroll down, leave us a review, let us know what you like, what you don't like, and how we can improve. Trust me, I read them all. Also, we have a fantastic new magazine out today with Tony Robbins on the front cover who shares his crisis leadership playbook. And for all you lucky listeners today, you're getting that first edition for free when you go online to real-leaders.com slash subscribe and enter in coupon code podcast25. That's all lowercase podcast25 at checkout to get your first magazine for free with a year subscription. The subscription is $69, that's 25% off. You can do the math. Trust me, it's a great read. I wake up every morning, take a look, or if it's at nighttime and I just want a little inspiration, just want to maybe think of, of a different perspective for tomorrow. It's a great read, I'm telling you. Real-leaders.com slash subscribe, coupon code podcast25. All right, that's it for me. Let's dive into this episode of the Real Leaders Podcast with the real Michael Cooch. Enjoy. I was uh, on a path to become a consultant and, and started Accenture uh, to be a consultant. And, um, and for me, I'm always saying now, the, the, if you can make you the worst day of your life, the best day of your life, um, then you did everything right. And that was how it was for me, right? The, the worst day of my life diagnosed turned out to be the best, best day in my life because I, otherwise I wouldn't have started the business. I wouldn't um, be in uh, where we are right now. We wouldn't have uh, 50 people employed and, and, and growing and helping millions and thousands of people to, to eat healthier. You are listening to The Real Leaders Podcast, your number one source for impact leaders harnessing capitalism to sustain the planet, people, and profits. I'm your host, Kevin Edwards, and that message comes from Michael Cooch, the co-founder and CEO of Your Super, who overcame cancer at 24 and is now on a mission to help consumers make healthier food choices while transforming lives. On today's episode, Michael shares all the struggles he and his co-founder faced during their early days, the reason they decided to structure as a certified B Corp, and how he made the worst day the best day of his life. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the real Michael Cooch. Enjoy. All right, let's do it. Here we go. In five, four... Three, two, and one, and welcome everyone to this episode of the Real Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Edwards, here today to share the journey of your super is its co-founder and CEO, Michael Kuch. Michael, guten Tag. Guten Tag. Thanks for having me. Excited. Thanks for coming on the show today. Now, the reason I say that is because is you speak German, is that correct? Where are you from? Um, I'm German. Yeah, I've been born and raised in in a small town, Aachen, uh, in Germany. It's close to Cologne in the west part of Germany, and um, yeah, very German with my German accent, as you can tell. Um, hopefully, everybody can understand me today. I had to. My stepmom's German, so I had to give her a call beforehand. And I said, "All right, all right his name is K U E C A." She's like, "She's." Mikael Kush. That's how she pronounced exactly, it. Exactly. Exactly. She knows. Kush. So I'm trying to get that right in the show. Maybe the one thing we'll get right today. 
but Michael, the, your super, uh, it's a company we've been interested in a while uh, and, and obviously healthy products. You guys are doing an incredible job on your e-marketing. I want to dive into that as well today, but let's just unpack this story. How does this go? What is the origin of your super? I mean, the origin is super personal. When when I was 24, I was diagnosed with cancer and um, was actually before I was studying, I was traveling through Sri Lanka and and just finished my master's. So I was on top of the world. So the diagnosis came and I was obviously completely shocked. Um, going through the treatments and, and chemo and everything, I realized I can't control everything in my life, but I can't control what I eat. And the more I researched about why people are getting sick and, and why people are experiencing diseases is to a certain extent about lifestyle choices and, and what you eat. Um, it's not everything. There's a puzzle, a big puzzle, but um, one big piece of the puzzle, how I can prevent from getting ever sick again is the way I eat. And once I realized that I felt really empowered and my co-founder, Crystal, she was in my life already for five years. Um, we were met in college back then in the US, but um, she was introducing me to, to superfoods. And I was like, what are superfoods? Is it something new or um, what is the wheatgrass? She put me on the, on, on some matcha and, and, and detox. And I was like, what is going on? I'm like a meat-eating German and she's putting me on superfoods. And, and I realized, okay, every time I ate them, it was like I felt so much better and, and I had more energy and more productive. Um, and I realized what it's so incredible, um, superfoods can really help you eating healthier and get some, so much more nutrition and super easy. Um, and I was like, great, uh, let's look into superfoods. And, and I realized they have been used for hundreds, thousands of years, um, as food, as medicine. And then I was hooked, um, and wanted to actually inspire. And, and both of us, Chris, let me want to inspire more people to eat more superfoods, more plants and, and fruits and veggies every day, because we realized and read studies like nine out of 10 people in the US and eight out of 10 in Europe don't eat enough fruits and veggies every single day. And we're like, great, um, superfoods can help there in an easy way. Um, let's kickstart this business, your super in Holland back then, uh, six years ago, uh, 2014. And then we moved uh, the company from Holland to Germany because Germany was a bigger market. And then pretty quickly went to the US and, and really launched in the US um, only actually two years ago, 2018. Um, we launched in the US and now we're growing really fast and inspiring people to eat healthier and, and improving people's health with the power of plants. So, Michael, what a what stigma did you have against it? You said you're an elite athlete. I would assume you would have been eating healthy already. I mean, what was the stigma you maybe have had against it? And, and what was your first experience like? Um, so I was, yeah, I was a typical athlete, um, eating pasta before matches. I was, um, playing tennis all my life, um, played college tennis in the U S uh, my co-founder Crystal as well. So we, I was always been athletes and, and semi-professional in their way, but nutrition wise, we didn't really have a, have a clue on why we were doing what we we're doing. So we were like typical little protein after the matches, love chicken and rice and all those kind of things. But we never really thought about, thought about, Hey, we need fruits and veggies more in your diet and, and to really like get healthier. And, um, and so we were like, I wasn't aware of it that how, what a huge impact is what you eat and how you feel. Um, and that through my journey, I realized that it's something you can control. You can control how you feel on a daily basis on, and what nutrition you put in your body and how important nutrition is to, to the way you perform, 
the way um, you feel and the way uh, your body is, is structured. Do you believe your super or just the superfoods had a direct impact on your recovery for uh, for cancer? Um, so I went through traditional uh, treatments and um, to chemo and stuff. So I, for me, it came after. Um, so I would never say, hey, there was a reason why I, I got healthy, but it helped me after to recover in a sense of it helped me building my immune system back up. Because every time you go through something like this, through through, um, through like a three, four month treatment, um, your immune system is compromised because that's part of the treatment, right? To um, to kill everything in your body with with chemo and and including the cancer cells. Um, so my my immune system was very low, um, and I remember that that the doctor said, "Hey, you're healthy now," and I didn't feel healthy at all. Um, but he said, "Hey, you're cancer free." And back then I was like, I didn't feel healthy. I wasn't fit at all. So building that up again with good nutrition, that was the biggest um, aha moment for me when I was like, oh my God, I, I make huge strides in my um, building up my immune system back up um, with superfoods. So eating healthy is one thing. Getting back on your feet is another. Uh, walk me through how, what made you start a company. I mean, that's something that mm-hmm. on its own that's very difficult for any entrepreneur. What what inspired this this vision? Um, I think it really came through my personal journey, and and I realized I want to help people. I I want to help uh, people making the right choices, and I want to help millions of people um, that that maybe just don't know better, like me. Right? I didn't know better, and and I educated myself, and I'm still educating myself on all the the various things and how nutrition plays a role. Um, and I felt, Hey, there are millions of people out there that could be not going through what I had to go through with the way they eat. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and can reduce the risk of getting sick and, and getting cancer, getting heart disease, getting obese, getting, you know, like diabetes, right. All these things where food plays a role, right. And, and the way we have our lifestyle, so I was like inspired by really making a difference for so many people's lives because I didn't want anybody to go through what I had to go through because it's not fun at all. So you mentioned earlier that the foods have been around for hundreds of you know, thousands of years, but you know, are now just being adopted. What are some of the challenges mm-hmm. that you ran into in order to get this product to someone's table? Um, yeah, I think the awareness of people is starting now. I mean, people realize more and more and, and that makes me so excited and makes, makes us as a business so excited too, that they really have a feeling that more and more customers and people get the connection now with food and, and how they feel and, and how their overall health level is. I think they've heard it for so long and now it's kind of the time to really adopt it because we have so many people also in, in our community is and we have people who are sick, who have people uh, in their family of cancer and uh, family obese and have heart problems and, and have diabetes. So we hear it all the time, every day. And people now waking up saying, okay, I have to have to do something. I have to shift my mindset and I have to really do something different um, and use food as, as kind of medicine there. And the stigmas, yeah, for us it was hard in the beginning because we were new in the industry. We were also new in the superfood industry. And in, in every industry, you have people who are doing it the right way, who are doing also uh, superfoods the right way and, and grow like the wheatgrass and barley grass, how it's intended to grow. And some others who don't do it, right? So we, from early on, always said we want to have the best ingredients, the best quality, uh, the most transparent uh, supply chain. Because when 
people hear powders oftentimes like anything packaged people write like oh i don't i don't really care where it's coming from for us it was like no we care where it's coming from we need to have all nutrition in there because we really want to improve people's health but we have to make sure that what we sell is highly nutritious um so we had to go through a journey and and find the right uh, ingredients find the right suppliers um and realize that you can buy a lot of things from from southeast asia very cheap while they're not maybe origin there and you can buy it from germany for example wheatgrass or from the us a wheatgrass that is much more expensive than let's say from china but it's much more nutritious and much better in quality uh, Michael, I'm smiling because I just know y- you went through the journey. You went through the entrepreneurial journey. You experienced yeah. the struggles. <laughs> Maybe paint the picture for our audience, like what the first product looked like when you looked at your uh, crystal and said, okay, now we finally have a product. Paint the picture. What happened? I mean, we just, uh, we were big believers and our big mantra is just do it. And we didn't have a big uh, market research. We didn't have a big business plan. We said, we'll just try it. Um, we'll just do it. And so within two weeks, we had a website up and running. Um, and we wanted to pre-sell our different mixes and wanted to see what the feedback was from customers. Um, so we started pre-selling. We got orders in and we didn't have a product. And we didn't have a label. We didn't have a product. We didn't have anything. Um, and then we're like, oh shoot, now it's real. Now we actually have to deliver a product. Um, and I remember first getting our cans. We have like this canned canisters where our product is in. And, um, I remember we ordered the first couple thousand without the label because we didn't want to have plastic. We just wanted to have paper-based everything because we wanted to have a sustainable. And, um, People were saying, ah, oh, it looks a bit like a toilet roll because, because it's just paper <laughs> <laughs> and there's no label around it. Uh, we thought it was pretty great. Um, and then the truck came and we were everything doing out of our apartment in Amsterdam and have a, had an organic certified room where we were all mixing the stuff. And the, the truck came in this very small street in Amsterdam. And Amsterdam is tiny, tiny streets. And he couldn't, he couldn't park anywhere because it was like a 28-ton truck trying to deliver products at a factory, but he didn't know that it was actually a residential, tiny apartment and it was a huge drama. We couldn't get it off the truck and he couldn't park anywhere. He blocked the street for hours. It was fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it was. Uh, now, the- <laughs> retrospect, it was like a huge drama in the beginning, but retrospect was fun. And um, yeah, so many of this things we had to learn uh, we had to learn what uh, how a delivery normally looks like and, and how a label looks like and everything so maybe help our audience understand i think the struggles are things that get overlooked a lot and i think those are really the things that make com- good companies uh, moments like yeah. yourself uh you know being diagnosed with cancer uh, getting a different perspective this is what builds people's character and builds companies character now explain to our audience what some of the struggles were like, were there any moments that jump out to you uh, that go, Oh shit. Like we are in, we are in the thick of this and like, we don't have orders. We don't have this stuff. Like maybe explain to our audience some of those moments. Uh, there's so many, I mean, um, the, the struggle never ends. I would say, because now I would, I mean, I just got off calls where we're struggling right now. And because we're like, hey, we don't have enough stock, this and this, but um, or we have too much stock. And the problems always shift. And, and I think the problems sometimes that seem so big in the beginning 
are laughable after and now problems that seem so big in three months they will seem laughable so it's it's a constant journey it's a crazy um roller coaster we always call it through the day great things like in a day happens like like this podcast is great it's going to be my the high of the day and then i might get a call saying hey um our delivery didn't get through and and we have a major supply chain issue or whatever it is or so it's it's always different um a few examples we early on we had uh, we had very few customers and we had a delivery over christmas where basically 30% of our 40% of our customer didn't get the package on in in on time over christmas and the other 30% got the package and every single canister in there exploded and we were like that's it the business <laughs> is done um 80% of our customers are are gone they're like they hate our customer service we didn't send it for weeks they have to wait and we realized like a couple of major things we realized oh we have to do packing paper in boxes. We didn't know packing paper is this so that, that your canisters don't fly in the shipping box and we didn't even know. So our, our DHL and, and FedEx said, hey, why don't you guys have actually packing paper in there and, and cushions and stuff? And we we're like, oh yeah, that's a good idea. So back then we were like, that's it. The, the, we, we, we missed all deliveries, um, but somehow we 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 always kept going. And I think that's that's the biggest thing. We always through all these lows. We had uh, years where we didn't have money. We were like, okay, we we're bankrupt already six times, um, and somehow work with our vendors, the extended credit lines, and this and this and this, and and somehow always made it. And I think um, yeah, there's so many examples. Uh, it's it's just a crazy fun. Uh, challenging journey i guess learn as you go now did yeah did health play a factor in this perseverance and in, in this the overall mindset um yeah i think i mean um i think i have so much energy obviously the superfoods help um, i'm using them every day and multiple times we have some great energy uh, mixes um that i can highly recommend for everybody who wants to get things done um with uh with acai and guriana in there um but yeah health plays a role i think it's as a journey also as an entrepreneur it's it's hard to find a balance and i'm we're still working on it um to find the right balance of of going completely crazy with working hours and and have some time to actually rest um and that's one thing maybe in my life that's not as healthy because as an entrepreneur you have tons of stress and we all know stress is not super healthy um but it's uh, it's something we as a leadership team still kind of navigate, right? What is enough? What is not too or not too much? And we have we have, we always see it in cycles. Like some months are crazy, um, and some months are a bit more relaxed, and some months are crazy again. So um, we try to find a balance. In terms of marketing, uh, I'm I'm assuming right now this is a big assumption, but I'm assuming that your yeah. orders come from online. So. Mm-hmm. In terms of marketing, what was the strategy here? Walk me through kind of when you started. Did you want to be a specific company? What are some of the, the things that our audience can take away? Well, in the beginning, uh, we wanted to do everything just to get some some revenue in. Um, so we did 
I remember we sent a pallet to Malaysia early on just because he wanted to buy a pallet. And we're like, yes, buy a pallet. It's like 10,000 bucks in cash um, without even thinking so much about the strategy. Um, but early on, we wanted to, the one thing we really wanted to be is an online brand um, and start online because we wanted to start internationally right away in, 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 in Europe. Um, Crystal, my co-founder, she's from Holland. I'm from Germany. So we already started in two, in two markets straight away. And as an online brand, we always wanted to be, uh, there's no boundaries we felt. Um, so we wanted to always sell everywhere. So anybody in the world can buy our products basically. Um, and that was kind of some, from the early on and from the get go. And um, the early strategy marketing was um, influencer marketing where we didn't have money. Uh, and back then influencers were still fine with just getting products and testing them and posting about it. It was like 2014, 2015. So that was our earliest marketing uh, strategy. Can we get big on Instagram, on Facebook, um, and get our audience um, engaged that way? Um, and that really propelled our international brand exposure. Because as you know, social media is not um, bound by boundaries from, from any country. So early on, we had a huge following in the US. And, and early on, we had orders from the US. There was actually a reason why we went to the US at one point. But influencer marketing was the biggest strategy in the beginning. Um, then it moved also to, as that got more expensive, we moved more to uh, to Facebook, Instagram, social paid, um, PR, um, the whole marketing kind of suite. Um, but all you that was that. And, and now it's obviously more organic and social paid and, and all the other uh, great stuff we do in online marketing. And now it actually developed. Now we're in the middle, we said, okay, online works so well, we just want to be 100% direct-to-consumer e-commerce company. And that's who we are right now also, um, where 98% of our sales come through online uh, and 99% comes through our own online channels, um, not even for Amazon, just our own channels. So are they are they coming primarily from just Google searches? Are they coming from like, like is, is Instagram your favorite channel? what maybe like a pie chart for uh, your social media? yeah i mean the the whole i think the the whole suite um and the whole marketing um yeah the whole the, everything in marketing so but predominantly i would say facebook and instagram that's that's our biggest channels um google is part of it then um other social channels like pinterest and um other channels we test um then pr word of mouth is a big part um, affiliate marketing influencer still is a, is a part. Um, so yeah, th- that's kind of the pie chart, I would say. I love it because uh, you're bootstrapping. You know, you're, you're doing what you say. You had a small budget. Now the company's gotten much bigger. So what are some? Yeah. Of the, how big is the company now? And what were some of the pains and struggles of of bringing on more members? Yeah. Um, yeah. So the first, like to your point, bootstrapping. We. Yeah, the first one and a half years we bootstrapped and, and, and then we got some some funding and we also got some bigger funding earlier this year, which is great. Um, we've got great investors, but I think it really helped us um, being that that bootstrapped in the beginning, um, not having a lot of money in the beginning, which really helped us being yeah, very careful in what we're spending, um, very determined to make it profitable. And also throughout the growth, uh, like the growth, um, we're now um we're now like 50 people over 50 people from maybe even uh 20 people last year 
to 50 this year so huge growth in in um in the team um but very rather very late we're still pretty much understaffed everywhere and we like that because we like people having multiple responsibilities and and being in that startup grind um but we had to learn too it's it's funny how you learn the first people in a company they didn't like to be in a bigger company now right so they left or um we didn't have the right people who really want to grow um and wanted to grow as fast as we wanted to grow so um we're making mistakes every day of the feeling but but overall um it's a fun journey to build a team where where they can do so much more and extend your brand in so many different ways i'm i'm excited about even further growing the team too that's impressive now what about the leadership for you being the ceo mm. of the organization you, you know, you, you came from just uh, you and Crystal to now fit over 50 employees with inve- investors that may bring some pressure depending on who they are, really. But how does the leadership change from a small mm. startup to now a 50 person company? Um, I have to remind myself every day still to not do everything by myself. Um, <laughs> I think it's so ingrained in, in Crystal and me that we, I, we did every job. I, in the beginning, I packed boxes for years, I packed boxes and um and call the customers and enroll customers and um i think reminding myself and making that step also now as a leader to let people do their own thing um and rather being only strategic i think that's a huge learning call for any ceo it's not easy to let go i think that's really tough for for all of us in, in leadership roles to letting go and saying hey no you do it your way and we're only um yeah we're only giving feedback and then doing it next time differently um, that's a journey I'm, I'm on and Crystal's on, um, and I'm learning every day and I'm excited about being that more leader, like leader and, and, and strategic guidance for most of the people. Now it's no secret that if you're going to have a healthy product, you're going to have responsible packaging, you're going to do all the work to make sure your supply chain is a hundred percent transparency. Mm. It's going to cost you more on, on, on average it's going to cost you more when you grow the company and maybe budget gets tight you want to stick to that mission do you have any struggles um with with going away from your mission how do you view uh your responsible uh fiduciary responsibilities for the company? Mm. um yeah since we are b corp it's not only about um it's not only about revenues for us and, and that's why it was so important for us to become certified b corp um, and change even our, um, yeah, our, um, uh, the entity, right. To become a B Corp. We're registered to B Corp now. And, and that makes us for us, um, so important to not only about revenues, talk about revenues, but about all stakeholders. And that was something we always wanted, like your podcast said it, right. Business as a force for good. There's something that was so to our heart. Um, every time uh, we, or from, from the time we started, that was the the one thing we always wanted to do. We looked at um, Patagonia and and Tom's and all these amazing companies who who are, have a social mission, and we wanted to do the same. Um, so we always never only looked at kind of the products as a means to just make money. We always wanted to say, hey, if we have products and we're sourced from all over the world, we have to make sure we have to pay fair wages. We have to make sure we actually increase the wealth of the community where we're getting it from um and we want to actually test everything and be transparent 
Um, we always want to do that right thing. And I'm super excited because I'm, I'm getting on these trips last year. I was in Peru and, and earlier this year before, um, before COVID, I was in Brazil over the, the years and, and I was in the communities where we sourced from and everything I always heard from them. They were so thankful the way we, we sourced and I saw the impact of the supply chain. And I, that for us, it's such an important part of our business that we can actually make sure that we have a win-win-win all along our value chain and supply chain, that not we just um, extrude things and um, and get things cheap from somewhere to make money, but no, we will make and have a positive impact on the supply chain. We have a positive impact with our products and we have a positive impact with our company in general. Um, and that's ingrained in our values and, and you have to stick to your values. And you see tons of brands who don't do that and, and I think they get in trouble. So we got to stick to our values. That's the way we want to do business. And there's no way other than, than that. If you were going to speak with a new entrepreneur and they're deciding mm. about how to structure their company right now, and you tell them exactly what you just told me, uh, what would you say for maybe your, I guess your argument would be to grow a responsible certified B Corp mission driven company? Um, I think in turn, that's the only companies that will survive in the next 50 to 100 years. Mm. Um, I think um, that's the way business should be done. Business should be done responsibly and make a win-win-win for, for all the way in the supply chain. I think there's, uh, if you think about the resources in the world, they're, they're, not, uh, they're not endless. Right? They are endless, right? They're not unlimited. So I think if we can install it in every new entrepreneur, that it's not enough only to look at the the customer here and doesn't doesn't care about the supply chain. Um, I think that will be a big step to having real change in in the world and and really tackling all the problems we're trying to tackle. With our business, we're we're tackling multiple problems. We're tackling um, we're tackling problems like um, global warming because we make people eat more fruits and vegetables, which help. Uh, global warming, right? So, if we can use business as really the the answer to to problems in the world and and major problems in the world, um, I think that's the right way to do business. And then that's you have a chance to build a big business. Um, and I think the big businesses that are not doing this, they will get in trouble because ultimately, and I'm excited about our generation. Um, we are excited about this. We are a generation I think that traveled more, that know more what the impact is and have seen more things around the world and are more connected than ever. Um, so we see what's going on in, in, in other parts of the, of the world if there is a problem environmentally, right, or something else. So we hear from it. And I think we're, that's where the consumer goes. And it's just natural that we as business owners will, will lead the way and, and make sure customers have the, and, and consumers have the, the choice as well. And Michael, are you finding more employees are coming to your company, applying for your company because of these values? hundred percent. I think, I think more people want to have a real impact uh, in, in their life. And it's not enough to just go in a big corporation, nine to five and for 30 years in the same job. Um, I really feel like more and more of the younger generation wants to have an impact. Um, however, that is either with our giving back program, what they're excited about or helping make people healthier with our products or our supply chain. And um, I think people will look for more jobs like that. 
Um, and it will, again, to your point earlier, right, it will be an advantage in your in your business being more mission-driven, right, to attract talent and attract um, people who, who are aligned with you. When you're onboarding these employees, what's the philosophy? What are you telling them about your organization and how they should treat themselves? Um, well, we always tell them about, about our mission, right? And our mission is improve people's health with the power of plans. Um, and, uh, that is our main mission and core mission on, on what we want to put out in the world. Um, and then we tell them about our values that we, um, really value a transparent supply chain and that's the way we do business and that we value very, very clean products. You will never ever find products from us that have artificial flavors or sugars or anything added in, in synthetically added, um, they have only five, six ingredients and they're super, super clean. Um, that's a major thing for us. And then we always will hear that we um, have a giving back program that we not, it's not only enough for us to sell products, but we also want to actively donate um, to charities we, we work with. We work with Action Against Hunger um, that, that distribute food to people who don't have any food, let alone superfoods. So we always want to give that giving back as well part of our story and, and values um, and then everything is customer focused that's kind of the other value um, it's all about the customers and consumers and and who we want to target and it's um, kind of the values we have and, and people hopefully are excited about it when they're on board Michael you mentioned the term impact quite a few times mm. what does impact mean to you um, that's a great question I think impact for me is is leaving leaving something more positively or having a positive influence on uh, something um so having an impact on the way we source means we're having a positive influence on communities where we source um so that's our impact because with us actively as an organization we generate income for for farmers right and we got the feedback from some of the farmers in Brazil. We're like, thanks, thanks to you guys, because you, you're growing as a business and with you paying us that the way you pay us, uh, because we do organic stuff, we could send our son for the first time to college. And we actually had, uh, we, we could buy a fridge for the first time because we're middle, it's the middle of a jungle and enough electricity. And now they finally have that. So we have such a massive impact right and an influence on on their livelihoods that we don't want to take lightly and we want to even increase that can we build these communities out what else do these communities need right um where we source from so that's something really that excites us um and that's only the supply chain side now if you move back to actually our products right and we really are transforming people's lives with our products um, we, we have a massive impact there because, um, people who have not had the chance and didn't know anything about healthy food, they can come to us and we can actually teach them. The superfoods are just the first part of their journey and we can actually teach them about healthy food. And we have so many customer stories that, that, uh, yeah, transformed their life through our products. They did all the work. We just helped them with the product. So that's the customer side. So it's, again, we have a huge positive influence there. Um, so that's kind of kind of examples how I think about impact. If it's it's leaving something more positive and more value at than than um, than before. And I think you said it perfectly. Just simply put, transforming lives. 
And that's why I want to get to this next question yeah. of I want to paint a picture of a before and after scene. When you when you first visited, when you took that trip down to Peru, what did it look like? And now when you go back, what are you hearing and how are the, the farmers interacting with you? Um, I can only hear stories because it was, I was the first time there. And, and the stories from them was, hey, um, we didn't have any income source and now we can sell acerola. And um, in Brazil, there was acerola. And, and now we can actually buy a car. Now we can actually pay more people in the community. Wow. Um, now they, be, they, come, they become the middle class. And, and they were so thankful because they were like, this is such a great way of now boosting the, the, the economy here locally. Um, because before there was not a lot. And, and now because of your program and, and some, some things that, that the projects that were going on there, we're able to grow acerola, great acerola. And because you guys are growing, now I have to like, I'm growing too in, in, in my wealth. Um, so I think wealth distribution there, I think it's it's great to not only benefit as a, as a company, but like make your supply chain benefit too. Um, and, and I know you had great other leaders on this podcast who, who think the same. And I think that's the way you should um, do business. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And, and they all say the same thing. You know, it's like, the traditional business, right, will grow, make a lot of profit, squeeze as much profit as you can, yeah. lower the cost, and then give back. But what they're saying is they want to flip that model on its head. Yeah. Let's do the right things as we grow. And that's going to become the sole driver of growth. And like you said, yeah. inherently, it's going to transform these lives. It's, it's a, and I want to show, yeah, and I want to show that as a kind of as a vision of, of the company, I want to show that we, we can become a billion dollar company the way we do it. I think that stigma is always like, oh yeah, it's so great when you you cute and little, and and we want to like break that through. We want to show that we can, the way we source, the way we do business, it's not it has nothing to do whether you're small or big. Um, we can we can do the way we do it. We can become a billion dollar business, and I think that's kind of the major goal we have also to show people right, like all the strategics and everybody that we there is a different way now of doing business. Um, exactly how we said it with everybody else is saying and, and you can do big business because that's always the, the, the argument right you can't do big business like this no you can't and, and we are there to show it and, and help people along the way now a lot of investors may be listening to this or people just with a basic business sense they say, you know, do they pass the eye test um, and, and certainly you can tell which businesses are going to pass that test during a mm. small recession like like this pandemic, or I guess it's not a pandemic anymore, this the COVID um, scare right now. Um, what happened to your business? Did, and did you make any changes because of it? Um, actually, it was pretty stable for us. And, and, and I think that's, that is good news for us because it was, Absolutely. Uh, we saw, we saw growth throughout it, but, but not like exponentially because people, uh, because people were, were, were scared and just bought everything and then the next week they didn't buy anything. So we saw gradual growth, um, very stable. Um, and because we have great, that's the thing, because we have great partnerships, because we're doing the right thing with our suppliers, we didn't have that kind of the, this huge problems of suppliers breaking away because we were, we're in constant communication with them. We're working with them. Um, we have suppliers in India where we have great 
uh, partnerships with them saying they're like do everything they can to to help us right and and uh, to make to make the right choices so i think it it rather shows if you have great partnerships um you can sustain crisis much better because you're in constant communication with people um and you're more sustainable and we also want to show that we're not we're not just like now growing because of of what's going on we're people we're, we're here to stay also in terms of people always want to have more healthier options now and i think that doesn't go away it's a macro trend um people maybe wake up more now because they um they realize the way you eat and then uh, is connected to your immune system as well um and and having a strong immune system will help through everything um but in general i think we're super happy how we went through it and and i think more and more people now realize hey i really need to take care of my my body and and my immune system and it strengthen that certainly certainly yeah now what about the work culture itself are you planning on having employees back in the office uh are you able to mm. operate right now you're it's it's almost 10 p.m there thanks for, again for being here um are, you're operating the company right now virtually are you not yeah um yeah the transition was pretty smooth for us um because we, as an online company and, and b2c company we're doing everything online anyways right. um and we have we always had two offices one in berlin in europe and one in la um, so that also, anyways, that combination was anything a lot online, a lot virtually. So for us, it was okay to to have a transition. Um, I'm a big fan of of having people in the office and building that culture. Um, maybe that's old school for me, but I really feel there's a, there's a there's a power of of human interaction that you can't replicate over Zoom, um, where you can really spark things and inspiration. Um, so we we feel like like right now we're all still remote um but there our office will move to more co-work space where people can come in an office if they want to um they can collaborate in the office in team meeting if they want to um and and that's kind of where we see it in the future that people come in office if they want to otherwise they also stay at home be more productive there um yeah but i think fully remote i don't think that's that's also the answer um, because a lot of these young people we have in our generation and our um, company too, they really want to be in, with other people because they want to learn, right? They want to learn how to be professional. They want to learn how it is with being a, with the manager and the founder in the same room um, and learn from, from all our strategic discussions. So especially for young people, it's really important that you have kind of fixed point in the office. And I can't expect everybody to have a perfect setup at home. Right. If you just come from college, I know for myself, I had four roommates and, 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 and then expecting them to like be professional and not in the bedroom. It's hard. So we want to open the office for people to come in if they want to and need to. Um, but obviously, um, have a safe environment there, but, but uh, have it more as a co-working space um, moving forward. But somehow there is something of, of human interaction that, that really sparks a culture and, and um, yeah, creates creativity too. Now, Michael, we started off the show saying, you know, you were diagnosed with cancer at the age of 24. When you were 23 years old, did you ever think you'd be in the position you are today? No, no, 100% not. I was uh, on a path to become a consultant and, and started Accenture uh, to be a consultant. And, um, and for me, I'm always saying now, the, the, if you can make your, the worst day of your life the best day of your life, 
um, then you did everything right. And that was how it was for me, right? The, the worst day of my life diagnosed turned out to be the best, best day in my life because I, otherwise I wouldn't have started the business. I wouldn't, um, be in uh, where we are right now. We wouldn't have, uh, 50 people employed and, and, and growing and helping millions and thousands of people to, to eat healthier. Um, it makes me so excited that, that, um, yeah, that, that, that I tell everybody, Hey, don't, don't let this worst day define you, make the best out of it and, and really learn from it and move forward. I love it. I love it. Now, Michael, for people listening to this right now, they're saying, you know, Kevin, what are his products though? You know, I, I want, yeah. I want to pay for some of his products. I want to support the you know local farmers in Peru and Brazil. Yeah. I want to support uh, recycled packaging. I want to make sure this company is a billion dollar company. What are the products yes. that you sell and where, where do people find them? Um, they can go on yoursuper.com. Um, we have a range of different superfood blends uh, in powder um, and people can add them to anything they eat and get the extra portion of fruits and veggies in their diet. Um, and we have a great, great detox program. I would highly recommend all your listeners to start off with our five-day detox program where you can really see the power of clean plant-based eating for five days. Um, no alcohol, no um uh, no ca- caffeine from coffee. Um, that's a huge detox for a lot of people and it will change your habits, it will change your taste and it will make you uh, be healthier um, in the long run. So check that out. Um, and otherwise, um, we're here for, for all the support we can. If people have questions about the way they should eat or recipes, we have an app. Just download your super in the app store for recipes and everything surrounding healthy eating. And we're here as, as the health buddy from everybody we always say we're the health body from people that, that they never had a health body. Um, and, um, yeah, let's, let's, uh, have, yeah, have them call us, email us, whatever they want. Now, Michael, from, from the cancer to the, to the packages that were bursting to the truck that couldn't fit in the street, uh, to the first growth and investment of the organization, moving to California to visiting Peru to now these tasty, healthy products that are transforming lives to you, Michael Cooks, what is your definition of a real leader? Um, my definition of the real leader is always having um, other people's best interests in their mind and having a huge positive impact on, on the world, tackling biggest problems in the world and really mentoring other people to be better than, than they thought they could be. Um, and I'm not afraid of tackling big, big problems in the world uh, with business and using business as a force of good. I love it. I love it. Well, Michael, just want to appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, for Michael Cook, I'm Kevin Edwards asking you to go out there, tackle big problems and always, folks. Keep it real. Thanks for coming on the show, Michael. Thanks. And thank you, good people, for hanging on to this episode of the Relators Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. And for the lucky listeners today, well, you're going to walk away with a free magazine. All you got to do is go online to real-leaders.com, enter in coupon code PODCAST25, and you're going to get your first magazine for free with a year subscription. Currently on the cover, as the date today is July 2020, we have Tony Robbins shares his crisis leadership playbook now what i like to do kind of is in the morning i'll wake up do my routine and i'll kind of just sit on my desk and i'll just kind of go through the magazine 
read and and it's almost impossible to not be inspired there are so many great stories like michael's in this magazine that really help you change your perspective for the day so again folks go to real-leaders.com slash subscribe enter in coupon code podcast 25 and you were to get 25 percent off a year subscription your subscription costs 69 dollars. do the math there for all the visual learners well we record all of these episodes for a reason check out the new youtube channel it's at Reelers magazine where you can watch this episode with friends and family on your phone tv tablet anywhere that you have access to youtube you can watch all of these interviews with these real leaders all right that's it for me thanks for being a real leader and stay tuned for the next episode